Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Sporty Under 40. My name is Sam. My name is TJ. Today, we got a very special episode. We're doing an NFC East breakdown with a special guest, Caleb. What's up, guys? I'm Caleb. Let's get this thing rolling. All right. Hi, guys. Welcome to Sporty Under 40. As always, my name is Sam. My name is TJ. We got a very special guest today. Like I was saying in the intro, Caleb Kester. Caleb um, played football at Cleveland High School here in Albuquerque. Um, big Washington fan, big LeBron fan. Um, Caleb, any any opening any remarks? Opening remarks. Let's get into it. You know, let's go because you know I'm finally someone here to contradict you guys in your Dallas theories. So I hate you. I hate you. Honestly, you know? Caleb, Honestly, like Caleb, you're barking like, up the wrong tree, dude. Because I hate the Cowboys. That's, like, that's my team, but I hate them. That's fair, you know. The, no, you're one of. I mean, you guys are some of the only Cowboys fans that I've talked to that are just like they don't 100 percent believe that it's their year to go to the Super Bowl every single year. Never, so, you know. Never. Wait, we're, everyone wait. else though, they're like, oh, you know what? This is the year. We're looking good. It's off season. We're gonna we're gonna go to the Super Bowl. So. Wait, we're saying the Cowboys aren't going to the Super Bowl this year? Right, they're, not. <laughs> they're, not. they're not. Um, real quick, let's just um, as always, we got some trivia um tj do you got that trivia ready or no yeah uh i I made this one simple for you pretty easy because you complain about the toughness of my questions all the time um i want to make it very clear i don't i don't think you've actually answered any of mine correct yet so i'm gonna i'm gonna fix that for you okay true i went 32 for 32 on all starting quarterbacks yeah yeah that's easy okay so (laughs) (laughs) All right, very simple. Give me the five teams that the Cowboys have beaten in the Super Bowl. Uh, Bills. We beat the Bills like three times. Three Uh, times the final answer? No, it's probably twice. 19, no, no, 1990, 1992. We didn't beat them, 93. I don't think there's five teams that we've beaten because we only have five rings. There's okay, so there is four teams. Okay, that's where. Okay, but that's what I meant. I figured you'd be smart enough to, you know. <laughs> that well, I was like, wait a minute. Okay, so um, Bills, Steelers, Bills, Steelers. I'll, I'll just give it to you. So that's three. The Bills twice. Yeah. So I'm mi- so I'm missing one. No, you're missing two. The steel. The we didn't beat the Steelers. No, you did. So the Bills twice and the Steelers. That's three of our uh, three of the rings. You have two more to figure out. Oh, okay. I misunderstood. I thought you were saying three of the four. I got it. No. Um, man. Uh, honestly, I don't know. Are you kidding me? No. Okay, uh, no I know the one, 90s. One of them cuts deep on one of our good friends. Oh, we, we did beat the Broncos in like okay. 90. Shout out, 90, Jake. What was, was it? 97. 2070s. Um, I don't know what I'm thinking then. Um, we beat the Broncos. Who else did Tom? Because I, I know this was I, the first one. The first I know I'm missing. We ever beat the Super Bowl. I'm missing that. I know that's the one I'm missing. I got the 90s, and I that the Broncos was the Tom Landry one, right? One of them. This other, so the one, other one, I will tell you if the other one, I'll give you a hint. It was an AFC team. Oh no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
I don't know, Caleb. Do you know the answer? Do you know the last one I'm missing? Um, I'm trying to think. We cannot stand their current quarterback. Yeah, I that that's not a hint. I can't stand a lot of teams' current quarterback. <laughs> but yeah. but me and Sam cannot stand this one. Like, can't believe it. Don't believe in him whatsoever. Baltimore. No, not Buffalo. You said Buffalo. No. Wait, Baltimore. what did you say? No. We can't stand this quarterback. The Miami Dolphins. When did we beat the Dolphins? That was the first Super Bowl win. What like year? Though? Six or whatever. Wow. Yeah, that was the first time. That was the first. That was the first Super Bowl, I believe, in 1971. And then we won again in 77. And then 92, 93, 95. Was 71 Tom Landry? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yes, night 71, 77, 92, 93, 95. Interesting. I 71 knew the, was the year we beat the beat the Dolphins. I knew the 90s. I knew the 90s. Um, well, thanks well, for the, the 90s because that's all Cowboy fans talk about. Well, because that was when I was born. <laughs> I don't I wasn't planning yeah, on going back 35 years, but um <laughs> I thought you would have gotten that one. I'm sorry. I, I should honestly I should have. Um, I, I just didn't, I, I swear. I didn't know the dolphins. I knew the Broncos as I said it. Um, but I didn't, I would have never guessed the dolphins. Um, anyway, real quick sports update, because we got a lot to get into this episode. Um, NHL, um, Knights are tied at two, two against the Canadians. I just got to be honest. Okay. I don't want to hear the lightning right now. It's going to be Vegas all day, dude. It's going to be it's going to be Vegas all day. Um, the Canadians probably got away with an easy win. Um, they capitalized on a Knights mistake in the third period, um, which was a bummer. So tonight they play again. So hopefully the Knights can kind of retake that lead, make it three, two. Um, I do think, however, it is going to be a Knights lightning finals, um, which would be, it would be a lot of fun. It'd be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I I think the lightning is one of the best. The I think the I really think the differential here in all seriousness is the Knights were so good at home. I think they only have one home loss throughout the season. And so that's why I go like, man, I I don't know. I want to see the Knights in the finals because I think that that home home ice advantage is going to be huge. So that'd be home interesting. Nice. I don't know. I'm not going to call it. No, like that's that's what you say. Home ice. I mean, that's right. You're good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Um, NBA, the Suns are up 1-0 on the Clippers. There is still no word on the Kawhi return or CP3 return, um, but Devin, Devin Booker is putting on a show. Stephen A. Smith compared him to Kobe. I would not compare him to Kobe. Um, I don't think it's, I, I, I just like think that. it's, yeah, I just don't think it, I think it's too early to tell. This yeah. is the first time Booker has been in like in the show. And so... I don't. I don't think it's fair to compare him to Kobe. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think it's. A, I think it's an unfair comparison, just because this is Devin Booker's first time in, in the playoffs. Is he yeah. balling yeah, yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I will absolutely give him credit for that. I won't take that away from him. But it wasn't just one playoff series that Kobe did it. It was over and over and over and over and over. You know, for him to say he is the next one, I don't know. Give him a few more years. Let him get deeper into this run you know maybe he even wins a title 
Let him get deeper. Let him keep going before you start putting him up there. Because it's not like he's being put up there with a great. He's being put up there with arguably one of the top three players of all time, in my yeah, opinion, yeah. the second best of it, the second best ever. Yeah, Caleb, what would you would you add anything on on that? Uh, no, I agree with that. It's way too early, way too. He's too young for that comparison. I think that's a lot of weight on his shoulders. And, and all seriousness, like Kobe is definitely top five all the time, top three all the time. I mean, the dude's – it was Kobe, you know. And Devin Booker is good. Don't get me wrong. Devin Booker's balling out, but not Kobe yet. Yeah. No, not yet. Um, you know, no one's Kobe right now. Tomorrow, the Hawks-Bucks series starts. Um, the Bucks beat the Nets by an inch, but they still lost. I mean, the Nets ended up losing in overtime anyway. So, in my opinion, it doesn't really matter. Um, who do you guys have winning the series, Hawks or Bucks? I'm gonna go Hawks, or, or no, I said, uh, yeah, I said Hawks before the show. I said Hawks, um, simply because we saw the Bucks blow it last year, and very simply, this is one NBA playoffs, maybe for the first time in so long, with the exception of last year. Actually, I take that back because the Heat, but where it's just it's simply going to be who's playing the best basketball at the moment and it's hard to really deny the Hawks. I mean Trey Young is playing outstanding. They have a great supporting cast like they really do. Clint Capella, you know, fits in very well. I like the Hawks, you know, as a whole and I just think they're going to be a little too much for the Bucks. I kind of think the Bucks got away with one a little bit. Um, you know, Kyrie wasn't playing, Harden wasn't 100%. They I mean, they still beat them but whatever. And I just I like the Hawks. I think the Hawks are going to get them. I'm hoping for a Suns-Hawks finals. I think that'd be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Caleb, what about you, man? Hawks or Bucks? I think, I mean, I think Bucks win it because, I mean, they got they got P.J. Tucker who's been playing, I mean, rough defense, but it's it's strong defense. Like, he's he's been playing pretty hard. But <laughs> hasn't now, been pretty, but it's been working. It hasn't been pretty for <laughs> sure, but I think he definitely, he's definitely playing defense. He's he's Drew Holiday. I mean, they're, they're going in, but um, – they, it's Giannis, you know, I don't think, I don't think who's going to stop Giannis on that Atlanta team, you know, I mean, you got Trey Young, who's, who's going to score, he can score with Giannis, maybe, but nobody's going to stop Giannis, and Giannis is that, he's the freak, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I got to go Bucks as well, I think the thing, I, I think the variable is, out of the four teams left, Giannis is the only one with an MVP, so it's like, he knows how to put a team on his back and perform, you know what I mean, now, I just, that, that doesn't mean he's a finals MVP, but it means that he knows how to step up. I don't think Giannis has that killer instinct. Like, I really don't. I just haven't seen it. But that's, I mean, that's the whole, I mean, here we are in the conference finals. I mean, that's, that's what we'll see. I mean, if we. As long as he's not on that free throw line, you know. That's true. Dude can't shoot a free throw. <laughs> Dude, you know, you know who can't shoot a free throw is Ben Simmons. Jesus Christ. Oh, my goodness. Christ. He. He needs to get out of the 76ers organization immediately. Fast. Everyone's saying he would be a good Laker, but I just, I don't even, I don't know where he would fit. I, this guy, he, oh. he was great at LSU. He got LSU to the show, um, but it's because he was bigger than everybody else. And he just lived under the rim. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was all for it. I remember watching the tournament and I was like, this is great. Ben Simmons is just missing every shot, grabbing his rebound and just putting it up again. You know what I mean? Like, I can't be mad at that, but the you issue. Know- oh, sorry. Well, I just the issue with being in professionals is that you're no longer the biggest guy on the court. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it was really interesting. I was listening to Colin Cowherd I, yesterday, I think, 
And he had a very interesting take that I didn't hate. I actually kind of liked it. And he, he came at it. He said, uh, Ben Simmons would be a great fit with uh, Golden State. Mm. Because one, he doesn't have to play point guard. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't have to be the guy. He can take his talent and become a role player. He's a good defender. He get, he's a great, he, you know, he can finish at the rim really well. And he doesn't have to handle the ball. He doesn't have to shoot from the outside. Yeah. You know, yeah. they need him to finish in the rim, rebound, and play defense. And that's something he yeah. can do and really fit in well with, uh, you know, Steph and Clay, as long as Clay comes back healthy, you yeah. know, maybe send over James Wise. Like that'd be that'd be an interesting fit. I kind of liked that. And the more I thought about it, I was like, that would be that would be a great move for Ben Simmons. Like that'd be a great fit for Ben Simmons for one. And then for two, I think that would really, really help Golden State. I think so too. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't I, have to be the big score there, you know. It doesn't have to be a, yeah, a super doesn't. big score. 18, 20 points a game because you know Steph and Clay are going to do their things. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, with with Clay potentially coming back next season and Steph, I think it wouldn't be a bad fit. I just I don't know what he needs to improve on because it feels like he just needs to improve on his whole game of basketball. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's really not good. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um. Getting into this week's episode, we're going to do, we, you know, Caleb, like I said at the beginning of the episode, is a big Washington fan. TJ and I are both Cowboys fans. Um, and because both teams live in the NFC East, we're going to do an NFC East breakdown. Um, we're going to not try and trash each other's teams. We're not going to do anything like that. We're going to just speak facts and and what would fit well with these teams. And I can't wait to hear Caleb talk good about the Cowboys because it's going to be great. Um, but I'm also going to talk about Washington in a positive way. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, man. Um, Caleb, because um, you are the guest of the show, man, we love having you. I'm going to let you pick the NFC East team that we're going to break down first, man. Let's go with the Cowboys. You know, I'm excited to hear you guys stuff. I'm, I'm excited to look at it, you know, go with right. the Cowboys first. Um, I'll just kind of get it. I'll kind of get it started. I don't mind talking about the Cowboys. Um we're just going to kind of talk just like what the Cowboys need to do this season breakdown. The way I did it is um, I did a breakout player, an area of improvement and a free agent that would greatly impact the team. So first and foremost, my breakout player is Trayvon Diggs. I think the Cowboys drastically needed defensive back to step up. Um, I hope Trayvon Diggs is the guy. I mean, you see on Instagram and all this stuff, him working and working hard with his brother. Um, so I'd love to see Trayvon Diggs become that guy. Um area of improvement um i kind of had two defense i mean holy crap the the cowboys defense was just like the chargers it felt like there were so many games we should have won um, but the defense just kind of crumbled very quickly um hopefully micah parsons can step in and help with that um i think the issues are not really on the front seven i think the issues are in the backfield or, or not backfield but with the dbs and safeties secondary um secondary thank you um the second thing is Dak really needs to take it up another level um he was kind of on pace to take it up a level at the before he got hurt he led the league in passing and he did all this stuff and it was really great watching him kind of go ape um so I think that's a big area of improvement I think Dak needs to take it up a level um some free agency signings that would really help Richard Sherman I've said it from day one I would really love to see Richard Sherman as a cowboy mostly because he's a leader Um, We don't need him in his prime. We need him to be a leader in the locker room and also teach a lot of the defensive backs what he knows. Um, A lot of times, wherever Richard Sherman has been, you see the defensive backs behind him step up greatly. 
Um, you know, you look at uh, Shaquille Griffin and um, the other guys at the 49ers, you know, they've stepped up drastically. And so I think that that would really help Trayvon Diggs growth, um, but maybe it would also help Anthony Brown and things like that. So I don't think it's the worst call. Um, maybe Melvin Ingram, somebody to compliment. Um, uh, D-Law, uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Um, I don't really think Randy Gregory is the guy. So I think if we could get Melvin Gordon cheap, it might be nice. So that's kind of like my my breakdown for the Cowboys. I think they need to do the, a lot of those things well to kind of improve on their season going into the season, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. TJ, what about you, man? What, what do you got to say about that? Um, you know, I, I, the problem the problem that I have is just, you know, I think, and this is easier for me to break it down a little bit better because I watch the Cowboys more closely than any other NFL team, obviously. Um, so I, so let's just start my breakout player. Um, he started coming on and coming on strong. And I think he had a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a very productive change in the defense toward the end of the season. I'm very excited about the defensive structure change with Dan Quinn, uh, moving to the three, four. I do like the three, four a lot better. And Mm -hmm. I think the one guy that's going to be starting in the middle and who really came on last year is Neville Gallimore, third round pick rookie last year. Um, like I said, I, everybody knows I'm a big Oklahoma fan. I loved him at OU. I loved the pick. And once he actually started getting meaningful reps, meaningful time and a lot of play, he really made an impact. So I think as a full-time starter, you're going to really see him take off and become, you know, one of our most effective uh, players on the defense, um, area of improvement. I, I've said it before. I've said it before. I don't like our don't offensive like our structure. structure. I think the I think Dallas Cowboys Dallas offense, Cowboys and we've offense. seen this last four, not you know, an exceptional last year. We are more effective with a better run game, and where Dak isn't throwing the ball 45, 50, 55 times a game. Yes, it was great that he threw for almost five thousand yards a year ago, but the problem was is Cowboys went eight and eight. Yeah. You know, we're effective with a run game. We invested in an O-line, a great O-line for a reason. We invested with a fourth round with a fourth overall pick in Zeke. And then to compliment him, Tony Pollard has been such a diamond in the rough. Use the run game. Use it to our advantage. Not, you know, shotgun every single play where Dak's having to drop back 55 times, especially coming off of this injury, lighten the load off of him and let him just be productive. We don't need 5,000 yards and 40, 50 touchdowns. We need production. We need wins. Um, a free agent that I think would really help uh, kind of what going off what you said, Sam, with the secondary. Um, aside from Richard Sermon, we, you know, we have good corners. We have Trayvon Diggs. I'm waiting for the Cowboys to give Reggie Robinson an opportunity. That dude is a baller and he will be when he gets an opportunity. But I think, and if he's already signed somewhere, I apologize because, you know, this free agency tracker, like we said, sucks. Uh, Malik Hooker to put right next to Demontre Kazi at, at safety. I think he would be a great fit. I think he'd be very effective and play well. Um, I think he'd be cheap at this point, kind of like you said with uh, Melvin Ingram. That would that was a great take too. I, I'd love him on the other side of uh, Lawrence. So, but that's kind of where I am. I'm definitely going to go. You know, offensive structure, run the ball a little more, get creative. 
you know, my breakout players, Neville. And then, yeah, let's, let's go get uh, Malik Hooker and get deep and really yeah. help our secondary. Yeah, that's cool, man. Caleb, let's hear you talk. Let's hear you talk about the Cowboys, man. All right. So Cowboys, you know, I got, I got some breakout players for them that I think that could possibly just bust out, you know, everyone and on the roster. My first one is, <laughs> is Micah Parsons. He's, I mean, he's a rookie, but this dude's going to have a great year. I'm telling you right now, the Cowboys are they've, – they've had great middle linebackers, you know, Sean Lee and all of them, you know. So, like, I think Michael Parsons can shine right there in the middle, especially because their their defense, they do need to work on it. Like, that was their main focus. And, you know, so they got Trayvon out there. That's good. They got Neville Gilmore. I love him. You got Michael Parsons now, and that dude's a stud. That's, that was the one guy that I didn't want to go to the Cowboys because of how good he is, you know. I remember us texting on draft night, you know, we're talking about like who they're going to get. And I was Michael Parsons is the dude that I didn't want to fall to them. Yeah. So we got him. He's a stud. And then on offense, CD lamb, that's my dude. He started off so hot with Dak Prescott, dude. He started off so hot. And then, you know, Dak got hurt. He, he didn't produce as much with Andy or whoever the heck Ben or whatever their guys and the other four quarterbacks that played for them were last year. But, you know, see if Dak stays healthy, CD has a thousand yard season. He goes off. You know, so I absolutely number one slot in the in the in the league. Number one slot in the league if he if he if they both stay healthy all year. Yeah, yeah, man. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting. Um, any anything else you got on the Cowboys, man? Uh, they, their defense just has to come together for them to to be able to win games because I have them. I have them. I'll tell you my record prediction for them is sitting at. Nine and eight, nine and eight, or eight and nine. You know, they're right there on that middle ground for me. Yeah, that, that middle of the seat, like middle. You know, they can't go even anymore, obviously. But yeah. eight, and nine, nine yeah. and eight. I'm I'm leaning more towards the nine and eight because they always find a way to annoy me a little bit more than I like. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, no, I, I you know it's it's definitely going to be interesting. I think the Cowboys are um, one of like aside from being a Cowboys fan, I think entering the season a lot of people have their eyes on the Cowboys this year with Dax return and things like that. So it'll be interesting. Um, TJ plays to you. What team do you want to break down next, man? Um, you know, let's just, let's just roll with it. Cause I already clicked on them. Um, let's go with Washington, Washington, whatever they may, whatever, whatever mascot they may be this season. You know, that's something we don't know. Are they staying football team? I think that's what I heard this year. Okay. This year for sure. They are. And then they said next year, hopefully, but. So real side note, before we get into it, um, I work with, it's really weird. I work with numerous Washington fans. Okay. And one of the guys is um, friends or acquaintances or somehow know somebody who's works for Washington in some way, shape or form. And they said that this move is like one of the greatest marketing moves in NFL history to be the Washington football team for two seasons. Cause they do the gear. Caleb's wearing a hat right now. He spent money on the hat. What's going to happen yeah, next year when they actually come with a, another mascot, mm-hmm. everybody's going to start buying more stuff. They said it's a, it's yeah. like a great money train. Like, and then, you know, maybe four years later, they change again. Like that's, that's just really interesting. I think it's a very chicken shit move and it would be from Washington. <laughs> yeah. But... You heard it. You heard it here first guys. Uh, uh, Washington is the next Jerry Jones. <laughs> um, all right so caleb go ahead and kick us off you know this is your team go ahead and kick us off and, and you, let's hear you first all right let's do it let's do it you know uh i think 
main kickoff for us is obviously we talked about it a little bit earlier with our offense is our quarterback. So Ryan Fitzpatrick has to play good, but what's going to help him is the, is the duo. All right. Terry mm-hmm. McLaurin and Curtis Samuel, a top five duo this year, top three duo, I would say they're going to pop off. Curtis Samuel is going to be nuts with incorporating his jet sweeps, his, his end around, you know, stuff like that, his little shovel passes to the game. And then there's finally someone that takes off the pressure from Terry McLaurin on the field. There's finally someone that gives him the chance to shine like he deserves to shine and like he's been able to do, you know, and there's finally someone that can throw him a deep ball to save their life. Yeah. So, you know, we got Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's going to be throwing it to Terry McLaurin. He's going to be throwing it to Curtis Samuel. He's going to be throwing it to Adam Humphreys, who we got. As long as he's not throwing it to Cam Sims, because I'm a Washington fan, but I still hate Washington players and Cam Sims can't catch to save his life. Couldn't catch a cold in the winter, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, Curtis Samuel, if we get the him, we get him the ball productively and, and include him in the offense, like majorly on jet sweeps, end arounds, shovel passes, you know, kind of like you know, how the Chiefs used like Sammy Watkins last year or, or, um, I mean, even Tyree got jet sweeps and stuff like that, or McCole Hardman, you know, stuff like that. But just get him incorporated. And that also helps Antonio Gibson because I, I love Antonio Gibson. That dude's a stud. And, you know, I think he's going to have a good year because there's going to – I mean, it all comes back to having a quarterback. And if Heineke comes in, if Heineke has to play, if something happens, whatever, he's going to do good. I have no doubt in my mind that dude's a, a leader. And I think he'll probably struggle a little bit more that people know that he has the ability to make plays on his feet and whatnot. But he'll be able to adjust to it, especially with the full offseason work with the team, everything like that. So, yeah. No, I don't hate that stuff, man. I think Washington's going to be an interesting team this year for sure, man. How are you feeling about their defense? Top two defense right there. Top two defense is <laughs> us in LA. I know, I know, you know, you guys, you guys disagree with me, but you know, give me that, give me that defense right there. We have the best, we have the best D line, best front seven, I would say, in the whole league. All right. That's front seven in the whole league. Our, our defensive backs are definitely weaker, but they're not weak. Our defensive backs are still a top 10 defensive back core. You got William Jackson. You got Kendall Fuller. You got Cameron Curl, who is a, the second best rookie safety in the league. All right. And we have Landon Collins, who's going to be healthy again. You know, yeah. so I, I don't hate our, I don't hate our odds. Yeah. It, what record did you have them going? I have them. I have them twelve and five. Um, oh, I have them twelve and five. That's with losing, losing. That's that's with losing to the Giants once, Dallas once in the division. I think no matter what, we split with Dallas. Our home field advantages, we split whatever. Um, New York, we. I think it's possible we sweep them, but I also think we might lose to them at home. Um, and then Philly, and also we play them at home in the last game of the season. So if we already have our spot secured in, we lose because we're not playing our dudes, you know. And we're probably going to have our spot secured in because Dallas is going nine and eight. The Giants are going. I, I mean, I have the Giants at five and twelve. There's that's generous to me, honestly, because I don't think Daniel Jones did it at all. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, you know, um, I have us going twelve and five, first seed from our from our division, obviously. And then I had us at like three three seed in the league, three seed, three or four seed in the NFC for the playoffs. So you have 12 and five and name the five teams you have lost. You said you split with the Cowboys. So there's one. So Kansas city, we lose two. Okay. Let me, let me, okay. let me pull it up right here. Green Bay. Okay. Green Bay is iffy for me though. Cause if Aaron Rodgers isn't playing. Sure. Yeah. No. So yeah, we when we did our playoff predictor, we did it as of that's why if he leaves, you know, it's a different story. 
Yeah. So Kansas so, City, Green Bay. Kansas City, Green Bay loss. Um, I have Tampa loss, and then I have the the Cowboys and New York. Yeah. So I, you so, have them, Sam. Hold on to your seat. So you have them beating the Chargers week one. Absolutely. It's in FedEx. It's at FedEx Field. You know, it's at FedEx Field. We're going to. I'm, I'm not going to say we're going to beat them bad. Okay, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be the offensive rookie of the year, the defensive rookie of the year. Defense wins championships, though, you know. So I think we go out there and beat them. It's going to be a you, close game, but we win. And you have them beating Buffalo. I have a uh, – yeah, I do have us beating Buffalo. Would you look at that? That one's up for tosses, honestly. That one is that one's up he, he, goes, he goes, would you look at that? He's like, oh, shit, I guess I did. Kind of like Sam in our in our playoff predictor episode. That was a little bit tough for me, but you know, we surprised the Steelers last year. You know, I mean, the Steelers obviously weren't as good as they kind of seemed to be, but that was that was like Sam in our playoff predictor episode. Like, how the Chiefs scoring sixteen and one? I don't even know who they lose to. Let's see. Ah, the Chargers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Chargers are good. The Chargers are good for sure, but I think we get the edge on that week one. Um, I'll break down Washington next. I don't mind. Um, I, I mind. Breakout players, uh, Scary Terry. This is this is interesting to me. Scary Terry or Ryan Fitzpatrick, Brian Fitzpatrick or Antonio Gibson. Um, it's it. The reason I say or is because Scary Terry now actually has a quarterback, um, which would be awesome to see. He's already been great. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick is in a system that I think will fit him really well. So I think he'll kind of step up a lot. Um, Antonio Gibson, he's, he was a good rookie running back last year and I'm excited to see what he does this year. I don't, I mean, a lot of people are high on him and I just, I, I, I don't know. I I'm kind of at a loss on that one. Um, my area of area of improvement. Um, this is interesting to me. Um, make a decision on quarterback, meaning if you're going to be invested on Fitzpatrick, then be invested on Fitzpatrick. Or if your goal is to develop, then really start to integrate some of that developmental stuff with um, Taylor Heineke. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I think Ron Riviera is a heck of a lot smarter than I am. Um, he won coach of the year a handful of years ago. So I think that he should have won last year. <laughs> he, I mean, he probably should have. I honest to God, Ryan I'm going seven and nine, a seven and nine coach deserves dude, coach of the year. <laughs> no, but the thing is, is we talked about this too. Mike Tomlin deserved it when he made the playoffs with four different quarterbacks. Um, so why can't you make the argument for Ron Riviera making three different quarterbacks? Yeah, he went seven and nine. He beat cancer. He beat cancer that he found out that he had in August. Oh, so year. you're gonna get personal. You're gonna okay. Yeah, yeah, I am personal. the playoffs. Yeah. Well, and see, and that's the thing is that like, I, you know, like I said, if I can make an argument for Mike Tomlin to win coach of the year, um, like three years ago when big Ben got hurt and they were switching quarterbacks and I can absolutely make an argument for Ron Riviera to win coach of the year, switching quarterbacks and making the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like that's not, that's not an issue to me. You know what I mean? Um, I think, uh, so that's why I say like make a decision on quarterback um, all in all is if you're going to be invested in Fitzpatrick, then be invested. But if you're going to be invested in growth, then I would really like to see Taylor Heineke take the field like week 10, week 12, depending on their record. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, get some more reps and let him transition into the starter next season. It, but again, I think Fitzmagic's the guy um, for this season, at least, and depending on how it goes. Yeah. Um, free, agent si- free agency signings that I'd like to see. 
um mitchell swartz um he's he's older he's going into his 30s he's going into um being 32 years old um he would help the team a lot he'd help the offensive line um especially if you're you know adding all this depth and offensive power then you might as well just protect it at some point um another one would be steven nelson i think it would be awesome to see a good slot cornerback step in um we were talking about this before the episode um, the NFC East has a lot of good defensive backs. Or, I'm sorry, a lot of good wide receivers, and there's not enough defensive backs in the NFC East to cover them. So I think that for Washington to make a good push to be that 12 and five team, they need to they need to add one more strong DB to just um, and the defense is already great. That's not the issue. Um, but you just, I mean, hell, if you're playing the Cowboys and you let CD Lamb run a slant and take it 80 yards, it doesn't make a lick of difference. You know what I mean? And so yeah. that's where that's where I think like adding a good slot corner would really help. But that's what I think on Washington. Um <clears throat> guess that's my turn. Uh let's see. Breakout player. This is gonna this is gonna sound kind of weird, but probably one of the scariest men in the NFL. I'm gonna go with my breakout player. I'm gonna go Chase Young. Okay. Chase Young is an absolute animal. Like he is. He's just the physical specimen, like all of it. So I'm going to go ahead and say he's not on the, look like he's on the roster here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say he has like a just out of this world season. Like he really is. He is so just very fundamentally sound, very technical pass rusher. He's strong. He's fast. Like, I mean, he could beat you with just pure strength. He could beat you with speed. He can, you know, do all that. Um, I really like Chase Young. Uh, area of improvement. We were kind of talking about this before the show. I'm going to go ahead and revert to secondary. Um, I don't really think you saw – I mean, they had a decent season last year. But the problem is is you had a very lackluster Carson Wentz. Jalen Hurts getting his feet wet. Dak went down early. Like, the Redskins – or football team didn't even see Dak. So, you know, they dealt with Dalton, you know, twice. Right. And then – I mean, the situation in New York, I'm pretty sure I don't even, they only played Jones once. I think McCoy started the other game. So they didn't see a whole lot of great quarterback talent as it was to match uh, the receiver talent that those teams had with the exception of the Eagles. So I, you know, I think they would, if they really want to make a run at the division, especially because right now I have the Cowboys as the division favorite, they need to beef up the secondary and contrary, like on Sam's part, I think Richard Sherman would help that a lot. Um, Kendall Fuller, and then they just signed William Jackson. But I think Richard Sermon as a third cornerback would really help out there. Maybe a good safety, you know, maybe a Malik Hooker would kind of fit in there as well. Um, I think, you know, because like Sam said, the NFC East is very talented with receivers. Uh, Dallas, New York, and now even I would even throw in there Philadelphia because now we don't know with Devontae Smith being thrown into the mix. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it, especially if they roll with and kind of commit to Jalen Hurts. You know, Jalen Hurts is a dog. He's gritty. I, you know, I really like Jalen Hurts. I think, you know, if you just invest some confidence in him, oh. you're going to see a different dude. So I think that's where Washington could get, um, you know, area of improvement. The quarterback thing is kind of a kicker for me. Uh, as much as I loved what Taylor Heineke did in the playoff game, is he a 17-game guy? 
I, I don't know. I won't say he's not, but I won't say he is. Because a guy like that, I would love for him to be a 17-game guy. I mean, you root for guys like that who come out of small colleges, underdogs. You root for guys like that. And, you know, especially because he fought. You know, did he have the most technical game in the playoffs? No, but he fought. And he was, you know, he was right there with the soon-to-be Super Bowl champions. Um, you can't go wrong with Fitzmagic. He's performed better than the other quarterback against him in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and Fitzpatrick, he's just – He's an OG. He's a veteran. He knows the game. Is he one of the most talented quarterbacks we've ever seen? No, but he knows how to win a game. He knows how to play smart football, not turn the ball over. So I think if, you know, they decide to start with Fitzpatrick and turn it to Heineke, or maybe Fitzpatrick's just a coach for Heineke. I think that's a good move, but I'm, I'm just not a hundred percent sold on it just yet. Yeah. You know, but well, I think that's where Washington is. Yeah. And see, and that's why I say like, I think they need to make that decision. You know what I mean? Um, if we see Heineke take some reps or if we see, I, I, again, I think we're going to see Fitzpatrick start at least 12 games. You know what I mean? I don't think it's going to be an issue for, mm-hmm. for Washington. I don't think it's going to be an issue for Fitzpatrick. I think, but I, I would say the same thing. I think Fitzpatrick should have started 12 games last year with the dolphins. You know what I mean? He should have been the starter all year. He did nothing wrong, you know? Yeah. Um, so that leaves me with the Eagles or the giants. Um, we talked about it. I'm going to go Eagles. <laughs> Um, Sam's stepbrother is the now head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. That's pretty yeah, cool. He ran, he ran into several walls as a kid. Um, that's also a lie. He's not my stepbrother. So I don't <laughs> want to get fake publicity or fake news from, from him, but Hey, if it helps us get followers or more listeners, then he is absolutely my stepbrother. Sam, Sam Serrani. <laughs> um, <laughs> so for me, my breakout player, um, Jalen hurts. I honestly don't get the knock on him. You know what I mean? Like, you just talked about it. He hasn't had a lot of like, I I see a similar like Ryan Tannehill-esque vibe with him of like, he's not given a good head coach and he's not given a good like system to be in. And every year something new is changing. And I, and I worry that that's going to be Jalen Hurts. So I think Jalen Hurts really actually just needs to just not worry about the coaching staff and not worry about the front office and just literally take this team as his own and just be a dog and just throw the ball hella well and let the if the team burns, that's fine. Throw less than ten interceptions and twenty five touchdown passes. And if the team burns and you go one in sixteen, but you did your job, then I think that that says enough for me. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think the Eagles as a team are going to be that good. I think they're probably going to be the worst team in the NFL. Um, but I think Jalen Hurts has a lot of potential to step up and step out, um, especially in this like transitional phase with coaches, because I don't think that guy's going to last. Um, area of improvement coaching. Um, so far this coach has made a fool of himself. This is an interesting thing to me. So we talked about it before the show started, Doug Peterson, um, when he left, it was on Colin Coward and a couple other podcasts and Fox, um, that Doug Peterson reached out to several or Doug Peterson had several head coaches reach out to him and ask him how it was, what's the vibe in Philly kind of thing. And he straight told him, he's like, the front office is terrible. You don't want to work for an organization like this. And it's part of the reason they were able to land Nick Sirianni is because, I mean, when you have an opportunity, you're not going to say no to a head coach job, but if we'll take any job. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but if you're an experienced head coach and you, you know, you're being headhunted, you want to field and understand what, what the front office is going to look like. They, quote me this will be the first and only time we see nick harris nick sirianni be a head coach 
he's never going to be a head coach again. No. And, and I would say maybe the same thing for Jason Garrett. We're probably never going to see Jason Garrett take a head coach job. Same thing we with maybe seen him in the first place. Yeah. Same thing with maybe Joe judge. You know what I mean? I think the only reason we see Jason Garrett step into the head coach role is Joe judge gets fired. You know what yeah. I mean? And so situations like that, where you go like, Hey, like there's no real reason why they shouldn't be. Um, the only reason he's a head coach is because everybody else knew it was dog water going into it. And so I think the area of improvement is coaching um, front office, really everything that whole locker room is lost at this point. Um, free agents. Um, I really like this one, Olivier Vernon um, or Brian Poole. Um, Olivier Vernon, just because he, he would pair well with Fletcher Cox, you know what I mean? Big guy kind of come off the edge, be inside a little bit. Um, same thing. We talked about it all day is that the, the NFC East is the best wide receiver talent in the NFL and you need more than just Darius Slay to, to pull it off. You know what I mean? And so that's why I think they make a move with, you know, Brian Poole or something like that. I mean, right now their second cornerbacks is Avante Maddox. And we heard it all season last season. Avante Maddox got beat. Avante Maddox got beat. And it's like, it just needs to be done. So that's, that's my overview of the Eagles. They're just trash, but I think Jalen Hurts is going to be the only diamond in the rough and only, only thing that can really save that. I don't even want to say save that season, but make a name for himself, you know? I, I agree. I just, I, I'm not sold, you know, I, I, I don't know if, I don't know if Devonte Smith is going to be what everybody hopes and prays that he, you know, that he's going to be. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm really interested to see how that is. Uh, kind of like I said, when I was talking about the Redskins, I think the best thing you could do for Jalen hurts um, as a starter is just invest confidence in him. You know, as long as he knows that he's got the backing of his head coach, his general management, you know, the guys in the locker room, the dude is going to compete. He's going to compete his ass off. He's going to play hard and he's going to do whatever it takes to win. You know, and I, that's that's a big reason why he left Alabama is it's not that they lost confidence in him, but he wasn't the starter. It was, you know, they chose Tua, which is fine. So he went somewhere where a team had full confidence in him. Um, so if, if an area of improvement, I would say you know, no knock on Joe Flacco and what he's done in his career, start Hurts. Make it known Hurts is our guy no matter what. Even if they say it right now in June, Hurts is our guy. We're going with Hurts. We're going to roll with him. He is the future, you know, instill some confidence in him. Um, breakout player, I, I you know, since I just talked about him, I won't say Hurts. I mean, maybe... I, I guess you could venture to say maybe Darius Slay. He's been, you know, wildly mediocre since he's come over to the Eagles and just hasn't really performed all that well. You know, maybe he steps up as a veteran corner in a struggling defense on a struggling team and really kind of puts his, you know, you know, pop somebody in the mouth with Cooper and Lamb and Gallup and McLaurin and Samuel, all, you know, all these receivers that the NFC East has. He's going to have to, you know, get tough and finally and shut one of them down at least to give his team a chance. Um, but, I mean, that that's just the hard part, Sam, is I agree. I, I don't see any life in this Eagles team. Yeah. I mean, I was just looking up and down the roster and the running backs, they got a bunch of just washed up, like 
You got Jordan Howard, Kerryon Johnson, Miles Sanders, and Boston Scott. Yeah, Miles Sanders is good, but he can't stay healthy. And Kerryon Johnson's been a system running back all three years of his career. Jordan Howard's just a short yardage back. Boston Scott is, you know, he's a good fill-in, but he, he really doesn't do too much. So they don't even have, like, a run game to build off of. So they're I, I think they're really going to struggle. When we talked about them a couple weeks ago, you know, I had them – three and 14 with like the first or second pick in the draft. So it's just, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be bad. I think it's, you know, I'm not a believer of the Eagles. Yeah. Yo, Caleb plays to you, man. How are you feeling about uh, the Eagles? You know, I like, I love Jalen Hurts. That dude is, if he's one thing, he's a hard worker and, you know, he's going to outwork anyone around him. And he proved, he proved that. And I mean, Oklahoma, I saw a lot of that, but um, he's a hard worker, dude. He's going to be out there. He's going to work his ass off this whole summer. Um, Devonte Smith, I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be a top, a top three rookie receiver. I don't think he's gonna be number one of the rookies receivers that came out. I think he, I think he can. I'm gonna say, I think he can be a top three if they can get him the ball. If they can, if he can make plays, you know. But uh, it it does play to their most improved their thing. So we may, I believe is the is the running. Are they gonna have game and everything like that without their running backs? So say that so, one more time. You lagged a little bit. Um, I think their running backs. Okay. Uh, so I said that their most their their area of most improvement is definitely gonna be the running back core. They don't have uh, a running back one. They don't have an RB one to go in there and um to go in there and take the load off of Jalen Hurts a little bit. Take the load off the receivers. Um, but I think the most, the breakout player this year, this might be a little bit biased because of where he came from is my boy, but Ryan Kerrigan on the defensive line, mm. that dude, he's, he's a stud. He's, he's, he just wants to, he needed to get, he needed to get out of Washington because he deserves to be a star, the number one D lineman, you know, number one DN, deep pass rusher. Yeah, I know. I see you, but that dude's a stud. Just watch me, watch him break out for the Eagles in the pass rush game. Their their DBs aren't good, but Ryan Kerrigan on that D line, yeah, he's well. And, and that and we talked. Caleb and I talked about this when they let go of Ryan Kerrigan. I don't know why you ever would. He was one of the yeah. like stars in Washington's defense for several he's years. The number one sack leader for Washington of all time. So yeah, he's a horse. Like he's just he's a workhorse. That's all he was. But he's also but he smart. Didn't want, he didn't want to be uh, the uh, guy that rotates in all the time for Chase yeah. Young and Montez Sweat and. So, I mean, I understand why he wanted out, but at the same time, it sucks. But oh, for sure, we for have sure. younger dudes there. So, um, that leaves us with our last team, Giants. Who wants to break down the Giants first? Uh, I can, I can go for the Giants first. Let me look at it. Uh, so we talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, Daniel Jones is hot garbage, a stinky mm. hot garbage. All right, <laughs> hot garbage. That man is not good at football. He's he's just not good. Uh, he, he makes poor, poor decisions 24-7. The man's most the, – the only play that you can think of whenever you think about Daniel Jones is his running 80 yards downfield <laughs> and tripping and falling. That's how you know that man's not – like that. he's not that dude because his only yeah. rememberable play is him falling and freaking not scoring a touchdown. Luckily, they won that game still, whatever. But, like, they, if they would have lost that game because he fell freaking 20 yards short after outrunning everyone, but, you know. 
Yeah. Hot garbage. Most improved, most improvable thing. They need to draft someone in the at quarterback next year. They need to. Absolutely. I um yeah. But who do you I guess like who do you draft? Who like Sam Howell? What what let me ask you this? What record did you have them going? I have them at I have them at five and twelve or four and thirteen. They kind so, of fit okay. around that spot. So they so might get right a top five pick. Yeah, top five, top six pick, something like that. Um, breakout player, give me my boy Barkley. I have him. I have him in my uh, in my dynasty fantasy. You know, give me that boy Barkley. He he has to be big. He has no choice. He has no choice but to be big for them because they can't win without him being big. So he has to pop off. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I think the Giants have a lot of – I think the Giants are very similar in the Eagles in this circumstance. I, I really think the only two teams that are going to be competing in the NFC East are going to be the Cowboys-Washington for sure. Um, it doesn't I, – I will say I think there is an inkling of me that kind of goes like if Daniel Jones figures it out, they could they could be in the running. Like yeah. if, he can, if he can figure it out, they could be in the running. I, will he? I don't think so, but – I don't know, man. Anything else on the Giants? TJ plays to you, man. Have you break down Giants, the Giants? Giants. I mean, it, it, it really is. I mean, if anything, it's a step up from the Eagles, I think. Yeah. You know, is that, how big is that step? I don't know. But, uh, you know, Daniel Jones, is he the, is he the option? I don't, I don't think so. I didn't think he wasn't. They drafted him. He's had some good moments, but I just then again, you know, in the when you when you're looking at it the first round when he was drafted, outside of Kyler Murray, the projected first round picks, they just I didn't really see it. Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, I, I wasn't a fan of either of them. Um, the two quarterbacks I really liked in that draft, I mean, I, after Murray as well, that really haven't done anything or will were real will ah, will Greer. And Drew Locke, we know what's we know the issue with Drew Locke, but that's for another episode. Uh, but I just I, I'm not a buyer of Daniel Jones. Um, really, the only shiny spot they have on their roster, I think. I mean, they have a few, but the best one is obviously Saquon. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and and jump on the bandwagon as he's my breakout player simply because he was out all year long. You know, I think he's ready for a really good bounce back year. Um. And, you know, I just – we talked about it. I thought Kadarius Tony at number 20 was a waste of a pick. I think they really should have gone defense because they have Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, um, Darius Slayton as receivers. They have Evan Ingram. They signed Kyle Rudolph. They had weapons. Like, so they didn't need another receiver. Um, they needed something on the other side of the ball. They got a steal with Aziz Ojulari. We talked about it, but – hindsight they probably could have got jason away they probably could have got jok at that pick and aziz joe Jolari and really beefed up that defense a lot more you know i just think they haven't made the best moves so i i'm you know i had the giants going three and 12 again or three and 14 another top five pick so i, I i'm not buying it yeah no I, so for me as the last team um my breakout player is actually um, Kenny Galladay. Um, a lot of the reason I think Kenny Galladay breaks out is because oh. I think he just becomes Daniel Jones's safety net. 
And I literally think you're just going to, all of those memes of like, oh, he's out there. Just let me close my eyes and throw it. I think mm-hmm. that's what Kenny Galladay is going to be. Uh, um, screw it. Kenny, Kenny's out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, that's how it was to Matt Stafford, but now the only difference is, is the defenses are stepping up a little bit more because of a strong run game in Barkley. So I think that, I mean, I think we're going to see some insane numbers from Kenny Galladay this year. Um, area of improvement. We just said it. Daniel Jones needs to take a huge leap, man. I mean, I don't really know what the move is for them. If he's, if the giants are invested in Daniel Jones, which it sounds like they are, um, which it sounds like they are, then, then, I mean, who knows, you know, then, then that's the move. Right. Um, but it, I don't think Daniel Jones should be the guy I would really like to see. I mean, if they do, if they do a really bad job, then I would really like to see them draft maybe like Sam Howell. Um, but if, if he steps up and if, if he performs, then, then I think the giants have no, no reason why they shouldn't be in contention for the NFC East. I mean, the only team in the NFC East that has a good defense is Washington. And then, so, I mean, at that point, it just comes down to who's going to have the stronger offense. And I mean, if you're asking me who has the stronger offense between Washington and the giants, the giants, if you're asking me who has the stronger offense between the giants or the Cowboys, I would probably say the Cowboys just because Dak is a little bit more proven. Um, but the Washington, like Washington would have a better defense than the giants and Washington is going to have a better defense than than the Cowboys. And so if Daniel Jones steps up, then I think those are kind of the, my biggest takes, um, the free agency. Um, I think if you're invested in Daniel Jones, um, you go a guy like Morgan Moses, um, they just added Nate soldier to their, uh, to their offensive line. So they already have an old offensive line, just Morgan Moses is 30 years old. Just add him. It gives Daniel Jones a little bit more time and it gives Saquon Barkley some, some holes, you know what I mean? So I think that like, Hey, if, and the thing is, is if Daniel Jones isn't the guy, then you can re-sign Morgan Moses again and Nate Schultz soldier and draft Sam Howell. And then you're in the same boat as they were last year, just with a different quarterback. You know what I mean? So that's what I would do if I was the giants. I don't know. Um, anything else on the NFC East guys? Go watch kind of going off. Sorry, go ahead. All I said was go Washington. Just going off of what Caleb was talking about records, you know, reverting back to the playoff predictor episode, it might change the next time we do it. I had the Cowboys winning the division at 10 and seven, uh, Washington missing a playoff spot at eight and nine, and then both the Eagles and the Giants going three and 14. I don't think it's a race other than Washington and Dallas. I think Philly and New York fall behind fast and stay behind. Yeah. Caleb, what's your, uh, what's your NFC East, uh, like one, two, three, four. Uh, it's definitely it goes Washington twelve and five, you know, and then I have I have Dallas sitting at nine and eight. I'm I'm being I'm I'm thinking that they're gonna go nine and eight, so I'm just gonna stick with nine and eight. And then I have uh, New York at four and thirteen, and I have the Eagles with three wins. So yeah. Eagles, give me give, give me the Eagles three and fourteen. But yeah, yeah. I I think for me, go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. I think for me, I have Dallas at one, Washington at two, maybe even not that far behind Dallas. Um, I think it's pro- I, I think it's probably going to come down to Washington, Dallas, um, probably like a game difference. Um, and then probably Giants at third. Um, they may scratch off five plus wins. Um, 
I'm going to say right now, I don't think Daniel Jones can do it. So I'm going to say maybe they go five and 12 and then, um, and then the Eagles are just going to be dog water at like one and 16, you know, <laughs> dog like, water. they're going to be bad. <laughs> man. God, dude, they're going to be so bad. I don't, there's not a, like, I, I just don't, yeah. I don't get the Eagles, man. I don't get anything on the Eagles. Um, but that concludes today's episode. My main this, thing is this year. Uh, what was that? Okay, sorry. My main thing this year is that I wake up every morning and I know this fact, and I talked to Sam about this before. Washington has never beat Daniel Jones, and it haunts me every <laughs> single day. So if we can do one thing and just beat Daniel Jones That's two times, sad. yeah, it's the most depressing fact that I'll probably ever know. Yeah. I that's I mean really it hey man if Washington beats Daniel beats Daniel Jones this year that's a win for Caleb. They don't got to win the division, they just got to beat Daniel Jones. I hate uh, it's just it's just ridiculous. <laughs> since he's been on their team it's ridiculous. That's crazy man. I actually didn't know that. So thanks for sharing that yeah. because that's a uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like <laughs> it's, it's sad. I, it's it's so sad. It's it's so bad. Um, we, we, sweep, we sweep Dallas and we sweep the Eagles and then we lose two times to the Giants. Like, <laughs> Send help. Um, well, that concludes this week's episode, guys. Episode 10. Caleb, thank you for joining us. Um, as always, we are live on Twitch at Sam Manwich. These episodes are aired. So if you ever want to chime in um, on any of our takes, you are welcome to do so on Twitch. Um, we always love, you know, talking with you guys. So make sure you message us on Instagram at sporty under 40. And then we uh, also have a, go ahead. Twitter is sporty under four zero. Um, again, Caleb, thanks for joining us, man. Yes. Dude. Caleb, thanks awesome. for coming on, dude. Hey, have a good, have a good week guys. All right. See you.